Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by my favorite college in America, Hillsdale College, which proudly refuses every penny of government funding to remain independent. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. It's all quiet in the underground bunker. Doors closed, locks bolted. But the great one isn't just resting on his laurels. He's making sure your weekend is even better by giving you his best. This is the best of Mark Levin. Why aren't the Democrats who go on TV and their surrogates and the media mouthpieces for Biden mentioning that he's sitting president can't be indicted? I'm sitting here eating a pretzel. Just one pretzel, honey. One little one. She so worries about my health. She's great. Anyway, because they're hoping that Donald Trump will be indicted. And then they will make the case that Biden cannot be indicted. That's why they can't be treated the same way. But they're not going to do it now. Because they're hoping that Trump will be indicted as a former president. Then they'll use, you can't indict a sitting president defense. They'll cite the various opinions that have been issued by Republican and Democratic departments of justice. That's what they're planning on. Does that make sense, Mr. Producer? I think I figured it out. So they're going to sit on it. Why say that now? Why say it now? Why not wait and hope that they go after Trump with a charge? That's what's going on. It's pretty bad. All right, I want to try this again because we have a lot of people listening to this show who go on TV and radio and they're still not getting it right. So let's, let's go through this again. The President of the United States has the plenary powers, the head of the executive branch, to classify or declassify anything he wants to. Now, I was the first to mention this on Hannity, right after the document matter blew up. I think it was on that Wednesday. But whenever it was... When the Trump document situation came out, I said, I'm a president can do that. I cited the authorities for that, namely the Constitution, among others. Now they have some leftists who've said, well, the vice president can too, because Obama signed a 2009 executive order, blah, blah, blah. An executive order, a regulation, a statute, a rule cannot trump the Constitution. Joe Biden was never the head of the executive branch. He cannot willy-nilly, that is, as he wishes, classify or declassify. No matter how many times the media lie about this, resort to this, it's a fact. Number two, the Espionage Act was first passed in 1917 it was used by Woodrow Wilson and the Democrats to prosecute over a thousand individuals who, who simply disagreed with them on World War I, claiming that they undermined 
the war effort and literally prosecuted them and imprisoned them. It's been amended a few times since then. It's way too ambiguous. And yet the the criminal elements of the statute are quite limited. In the case of Hillary Clinton, remember Comey brought up the gross negligence standard, which was too ambiguous. And that's been the position of the Department of Justice when it comes to senior officials. So Hillary wasn't charged. She never received a subpoena. They never got a search warrant. They never searched her home where the private server was, through which tens of thousands of government emails, including several dozen classified documents, traveled. No FBI SWAT team, nothing. Again, as with Biden, the private lawyers were in charge of the search. The private lawyers even decided what would be destroyed and destroyed them. iPhones were broken with hammers. If there was ever obstruction, Hillary Clinton, that's her middle name. Then we have the Trump situation. As president, documents were removed. as they are with all presidents, by the way, and I'll get to that in a minute. For some reason, for some reason, the archivists noticed that boxes were being taken on into a helicopter as Trump was leaving. Now they say you can't think and then have declassification. You have to act. Well, let's look at these two situations. We have the Constitution in which the president is the head of the executive branch and can declassify classify at will. And then you have the president in his last minutes where boxes of documents are taken, perhaps containing classified information, Mr. Producer. What does that act suggest to you? If he's taking classified documents... How can he be charged, even if you could charge, for taking classified documents when he determines what is or is not classified? Well, he has to go through this procedure. No, he doesn't. Everybody else has to go through that procedure. He does not. He does not. But you can imply, certainly from the act of the removing the documents, that he has. He's going to remove classified documents and say, I'm breaking the law, so make sure when I'm an ex-president you charge me under the Espionage Act? It's ridiculous. Doesn't he make any sense? And they know it. How many non-classified documents under the Presidential Protection Act has Joe Biden taken? That's not even discussed. It will be tomorrow or the next day now that I'm raising it. But that's not even discussed. Why? So in Trump's case, they're searching around. They said, well, there's no criminal liability under the Presidential Records Act. We can't really criminally charge him under the Espionage Act, particularly given Hillary Clinton's situation. Of course, what I said is a strong defense in addition to what I believe was a general warrant, a violation of the Fourth Amendment with the warrant, but put that aside. 
Let's not complicate matters. We asked him for the documents repeatedly. He wouldn't give them to us. So we had enough. We didn't like where they were located. So we got a warrant from a master judge who's not a full district court judge, but why bother? They're setting horrific precedent. Why go to a real judge? Go to a quasi-judge. And then they knowingly make a spectacle of themselves in the event with a raid on Mar-a-Lago with FBI SWAT carrying automatic and semi-automatic weapons. The media were there. They went in, they searched around. They found what they already knew was there. What Trump's lawyers already knew was there. And they used the warrant process, and the warrant was released, and we learned a decent amount about the information that was there and what they were seeking and so forth. So they dare not use that process against Biden because then we would learn too much. And by the way, Garland is running a cover-up operation. He and Biden's lawyers decided to keep it all secret from the American people. So as he was announcing a special counsel against Trump, as his department was, was writing these vicious and vile attacks, filing them as court papers against Trump, As they were saying, nobody's above the law. Biden said it. The party said it. Garland said it. As he picks one of the most vile, poisonous prosecutors he possibly can, who was smacked down unanimously once by the U.S. Supreme Court as special counsel, he's still keeping everything silent. And by God, he doesn't want to interfere with the, with the midterm elections, does he? So they continue to sit on it. They're hoping to broom the whole thing. They want to get it over with. And they find more documents. But Garland already knew this on December 20th. It's leaked in the NBC. All right, that's two. And then they find another document at his home at the library. All right, that's three. Garland has no choice. He was going to shred the recommendation from the Chicago, Illinois, U.S. attorney to appoint a special counsel. How do I know that? Because he sat on it for a week. That's how I know it. Not until then. And he quickly appoints a guy who's pretty weak, quite frankly. Pretty weak. Then there's the question of how many documents, you know, four times as many documents were found in Trump's Mar-a-Lago has been found with Biden. Now, of course, that has nothing to do with anything. Four times as many places Biden had classified information as Trump did. And, of course, Hillary Clinton had, what, 10,000 as many pages of documents as Donald Trump did? Didn't seem to bother anybody back then in the Democrat Party or in the Department of Justice, did it? So what do they do? They have to concoct 
an argument when it comes to Donald Trump. It makes no sense why they did the warrant in the SWAT team when they knew where everything was, pretty much. When they'd been there before. The FBI actually had been there before. Because they were searching for January 6th stuff. And they didn't find any. That's what they were searching for. So they had to come up with a cover. The Espionage Act and the Presidential Records Act. So what they did was unprecedented. Because they're focused on January 6th. Nothing there. Okay. Now plan B. Documents. Documents. Well, what are we going to do? I mean, we, we let Hillary go away. 30,000 documents. What are we going to do? And even they learn later about Biden. Obstruction. That's the ticket. It's always the ticket. Obstruction. But they were negotiating with us at the Department of Justice. What now? Yes. But they were resisting us. They were resisting us. They weren't forthcoming. So obstruction of justice. That's the ticket. Obstruction. And the word went out. To all the Democrats. The word went out. From the Biden administration to their media buddies. The word went out to all the legal analysts. And the law professors. The word went out. Obstruction. That's the ticket. And you see, that's what distinguishes the Trump situation from Biden. Biden has been taking documents. He's been hoarding classified information since he was in the Senate. The FBI didn't do an independent investigation until Friday at his home and found more. But for over two months, it was hands off. We've talked about this. That it was a cover-up, that it didn't make sense in real time. We're not looking back. In real time, we talked about this. No subpoena, no SWAT teams, nothing. And they still were working with the lawyers, the Biden lawyers on Friday, who were there as observers. Trump's lawyers weren't even allowed to be around. But we got him because one of the lawyers signed a document. And that document, he represented that this was all they had. And we found a few more at Mar-a-Lago. Therefore, perjury. And did you make the Biden lawyers sign anything prior to the ongoing discovery of classified information? No, you didn't. You didn't do that. Because you don't want to set up any traps for Biden. Quite the contrary. You want to create outs for Biden. That's what you did. And they're still at it. They're still at it. The entire legal and judicial system in this country needs to be changed. And that was the core of what I was talking about last night on Life, Liberty, and Levin. I'm not going to play it here. If you want to hear it, you can go to uh, Rumble. 
Mark Levin Show Rumble, and any of the social media platforms. Mark Levin Show Rumble and any of the social media platforms. Take a look yourself. Take a listen. We need to be able to remove the Attorney General of the United States on a no-confidence vote, a majority of the House and Senate. It takes too long to impeach. And in the Senate, the Democrats support tyranny, and they have a number of Republicans who will go along with them. Same in the House. You have Nancy Mace, people like that. They support tyranny, too, in my view. They love going on liberal media, trashing conservatives. This is too serious for that. It's too serious for the gadflies and too serious for the, for the McConnellites. Talking about America here. I supported term limits in the very first book I wrote, Men in Black, for Supreme Court justices. Now I support term limits for all federal judges, whether it's 12 years or 14 years, all of them. Because you see the judges in Washington, D.C. are incapable, incapable of any sense of objectivity. They remind me of the, the feudal times. And a number of others that I propose, a slash of 20% of the Department of Justice budget and give it to ICE and the Border Patrol. Mark Levin. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in America with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, much, much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. My wife Julie and I decided it was time to add more flowering trees to our landscape, and Fast Growing Tree was a great resource for us. A large selection and no hassle ordering or shipping. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on selected plants and other deals, and listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEVIN at checkout. L-E-V-I-N. Now that's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using code LEVIN at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code L-E-V-I-N. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Please visit FastGrowingTrees.com for details. Many conservatives don't know that one of the biggest propagandists for President Biden's ridiculously named Inflation Reduction Act was the AARP. AARP, this so-called advocate for seniors, spent millions of dollars on ads and events helping liberals in Congress pass this monstrous legislation. In doing so, AARP provided cover for vulnerable Democrats in the November elections. Why would AARP do this? Possibly for money? AARP has a massive conflict of interest. Over the last decade, they've been paid north of $6 billion stemming from its financial relationship with United Healthcare. Then along comes the AARP-supported Inflation Reduction Act, and miraculously, big insurance and their PBM middlemen, like AARP's financial partner, United Healthcare, emerges big winners. Please visit this great website to learn more, CommitmentToSeniors.org. That's CommitmentToSeniors.org, paid for by American Commitment. Making your weekend even better. 
This is the best of Mark Levin. Thank you to all 14 and a half million of you out there. It's always an honor and a pleasure and a blessing. Second hour, we're going to talk about this attempt to smear Ron DeSantis as a racist because he's challenging the College Board AP course on African-American history. We're going to bring Stanley Kurtz into the program, who is the number one expert on this subject other than the governor, to take it apart. This is more Marxist, CRT, um, crap. That's what it is. And Stanley's gone through the entire curriculum here, and we're going to talk about it because they're trying to do to DeSantis what they do to any conservative, but he has the guts to stand up, except for that guy, Sununu, who runs around like uh, like he's had one too many ice creams. It's hard to fight this stuff, but you have to. Now, I want to get back to this issue of documents, and we'll, we'll deal with the smear of DeSantis in hour two. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the fact of the matter is, as I've been saying over and over again, these top officials, all of them are almost all of them have taken documents with them. Not because they intend to sell them to the enemy, not because they intend to break any law, but it's just what happens. And my comments have been misunderstood that I approve it. Well, you know, I never said I approve it. I'm giving you facts the way I give you law and the way I discuss the Constitution. And it's been proven correct. It's been proven correct. And it's going to continue if questions are asked of Obama and Bush and Bill Clinton and Cheney and Gore and the rest of them. It absolutely will be. And now, see how ridiculous Bill Barr and these others sound? That it is basically strict liability. You shouldn't take these things with you, and it's a violation of law. Forget about obstruction. It's a violation of law to have them. That's what they say. So supposedly, then, we should be locking up Trump, Biden, Pence, Hillary, of course. And all the homes should be swatted to see what else is out there. That's how ridiculous this is if you take these legal analysts and the Department of Justice at face value. That's why I said back in August, like it or not, this is what they do. And there is a different analysis given to a president becoming a former president than a vice president becoming a former vice president or a secretary of state becoming a former secretary of state and on down the line. It's called the Constitution. Now, I know this concept gets complicated for people in the press, legal analysts and others, but it's not complicated. Unless you're out to get Trump and you're obsessed with it, then you muddy the waters. Now, former Vice President Pence is a man of faith. He's a man of family. He and I have been friends a very, very long time. Although I haven't talked to him lately, that's for sure. He had a book come out, and the only reason I didn't bring him on the programs for his book is I thought the book was... Way too personal attacking of his former boss. And I'm just not into that. And I told him that, and he said, yeah, but the, look at the rest of the book. It's a thick book. 
I said, but the attention, including on the back cover of the book, is all about January 6th and what you were told and all the rest of it, because that apparently is what you wanted to lead with. I said, I'm not doing that. And I'm not. I don't do interviews that way. I don't decide to do books that way. You'll notice when Pompeo was on Life, Liberty, and Levin on Sunday, I didn't dig into things he had said or felt about Mickey Haley or anybody else. I'm not into it. I'm into the substance. The substance. And it is a hell of a good book, by the way. Pompeo's book, it really is. Now, it's very interesting. It's not like I'm hiding with the number one Sunday night show on cable news across America on Fox. Hannity's audience is massive as well on, on Fox. This audience is bigger than both combined. And, of course, we have Levin TV and all these platforms I've pointed out that all these officials question them and see if they have documents. Obama is uncharacteristically quiet. The Bush crowd, uncharacteristically quiet. Cheney, Gore, none of them want to talk about this. And in addition to classified documents, there's the issue of non-classified documents or unclassified documents under the Presidential Records Act. How many of those have been removed? And there is the issue of the University of Delaware. When is the FBI going to get the hell in there and see what, what other Senate classified documents this guy, he took them out of the skiff. He didn't have somebody bring them to them. As a senator, he went into the skiff, took documents, and removed them. And if, as Durbin and the others say, it's almost impossible because of the security and the cameras and so forth, that tells me he did a kind of Sandy Berger. Now, maybe he put him in his jacket or whatever. So he didn't just walk out there with top-secret information, skiff information in his hand. He had to conceal it. How else the hell did he get it out of there? I'm quite serious. And, of course, the National Archives has been utterly politicized to the point of, of a joke. Where has the National Archives been with all these folks? But if you had listened to Bill Barr, if you had listened to the legal analysts, if you had listened to all these people, you're not allowed to have classified information if you took it. It's a crime. It's that simple. It's strict liability. It's the way it is. It's that simple. Then they all committed crimes? Now that's ridiculous. That's absurd. And it was absurd when they were applying it to Trump. Which is my point. Now, you can see now with the graphics and the comments, even that clown Schumer, they're talking about we have a systemic problem. Now they're saying we have a systemic problem now because, again, they want to muddy the waters. Because Biden is the worst offender. And before him, it was Hillary. 
Biden is the worst offender. Clearly, it's the center and vice president. He didn't have the power to declassify, regardless of what idiots say on the CNN. Of course, Hillary didn't have the power to declassify. She ran a whole scam out of her house with her own servant to purposely avoid these various laws. And yet, a president has never had a SWAT team show up at his house, an ex-president. Garland has taken this way beyond the pale. And that's what the legal analyst should be saying. He's created a horrible precedent. Now what is he going to do? What's he going to do? Have a special counsel on the vice, former vice president, Pence? What's he going to do? Going to have a grand jury? It's the same with January 6th. The precedent they're creating there, the Department of Injustice and the Stasi and that, that rogue U.S. attorney in Washington, D.C. is a disaster. Candidates, state legislators, state legislatures are not going to know what they can and cannot challenge when it comes to an election. Pretty outrageous. They shouldn't have any role in that unless somebody actually committed acts of violence, then they should be punished. But they're investigating more than that. Taking people's cell phones, including members of Congress, the U.S. attorneys are. Taking the cell phones of lawyers, trying to create conspiracy theories. And they know they're going to have an anti-Trump jury. I don't know of any individual that's been charged with an offense in the District of Columbia related to January 6th. Even minor offenses. I don't know of any of them who've been found not guilty. Do you? They want to empty our prisons of murderers and rapists and serial criminals, recidivists. But these people, they want to lock up and throw the key away. Now, this systemic failure of our system. Just take a brief listen. September 26th, and then January 9th, and January 10th, I'm almost pleading. January 11th, January 15th, with the rest of the media, including talk radio, including my friends and brothers, sisters at Fox, to pay attention to what I'm saying, that this is a systemic problem. It's a systemic problem. Doesn't make it right. Doesn't mean nothing should be done. I, I've never said that. That's a bizarre conclusion. Cut to go. And I would ask Bill Barr right on this program, right now. He's listening. He can call in. Did you ever take classified information home? And even bring it back the next day? Did you ever read classified information in the vehicle in which your driver was taking you to one place or another? If so, you violated federal law. You committed a felony, and I'd like to know if you ever did that. Just curious. Are any of you former federal prosecutors? Just curious. Are the current Attorney General, Meritless Garland? How much you want to bet Obama has documents, including classified documents? We know he has a lot of documents. How much you want to bet George W. Bush does? 
How much you want to bet Al Gore does and Dick Cheney? How much you want to bet? How about you, Bill Barr? Not saying you do, but now's the time to come clean if you do. What about Eric Holder? What about Hillary Clinton? Did she retain any of those before she destroyed them? And I said that, you know, other presidents and so forth have documents. I've said this all along. Having served in an administration, I know that they had to. Former attorneys general, former secretaries of state, former vice presidents and former presidents. And what did I say even when they were attacking Trump a few months back? Has anybody investigated any of these other people to determine if they have documents? Oh, no, Mark, come on. You have no evidence. I can't prove a negative. But how much you want to bet they all have some? Obama, George W., and the rest of them. So we have the cover-up. We have the lack of a special counsel. And we have a situation now in which more documents have been found in another location. Biden. So everything I suspected is true. It's not because I'm Nostradamus. It's because I keep telling you, and I'm going to keep saying it, almost all of these officials have taken documents with them, including classified documents. On this program, on my radio show, on my appearances on Hannity and other shows on this network, I have been saying for months that all presidents... Vice presidents, attorneys general, secretaries of states have taken documents home. And some of them have kept them. And some of them have been classified. And that needs to be looked into. But I guess because I'm not officially a legal analyst, I just have my own show and a constitutional lawyer and a former chief of staff to attorney general, many people didn't pay attention to it. And when we come back... The icing on the cake. Mark Levin. Folks, I have a challenge for you today. Become a better educated American citizen. Now, look, I know you're part of the most informed audience in radio. After all, you listen to my show. But you can always learn more. And to help you do just that, my good friends at Hillsdale College have their amazing free online course available for all who wish to learn. My challenge to you Take just one of their fantastic courses. There are so many to choose from. You can discover the beauty of the Bible in the Genesis story, study the writings of C.S. Lewis, or explore the true meaning of America in Constitution 101. There are dozens more to choose from. And all those self-paced, free courses feature Hillsdale faculty and scholars. So visit levinforhillsdale.com and pick one of the more than 30 free Hillsdale courses. I hope you'll accept my challenge, pick whichever course you like, and become a more educated citizen today. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, and start your free course right away. You're listening to the best of Mark Levin. So the battle begins for committee assignments. Speaker McCarthy tweets the following. I've rejected the appointments of Adam Schiff and Eric Swalwell for the House Intelligence Committee. I'm committed to returning the House Intelligence Committee to one of genuine honesty and credibility that regains the trust of the American people. In response to Jeffries, he writes in a letter, thank you for your letter dated January 21 regarding Representative Schiff and Swalwell. I appreciate the loyalty you have to your Democrat colleagues, and I acknowledge your efforts 
to have two members of Congress reinstated to the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence. And I cannot put partisan loyalty ahead of national security. And I cannot simply recognize years of service as the sole criteria for membership on this essential committee. Integrity matters more. As such, in order to maintain a standard worthy of this committee's responsibilities, I'm hereby rejecting the appointments of Representative Adam Schiff and Representative Eric Swalwalter serve on the Intelligence Committee. It's my assessment that the misuse of this panel during the 116th and 117th Congresses, he's talking about using them as impeachment committee, severely undermined its primary national security and oversight missions, ultimately leaving our nation less safe. Therefore, as we enter a new Congress, I am committed to returning the Intelligence Committee to one of genuine honesty and credibility that regains the trust of the American people. Kevin McCarthy, Speaker. Now, that's a big deal. The problem with Omar is she's literally sitting on the Foreign Relations Committee right now, so they need to remove her. And that takes a majority vote of the House of Representatives. And he already lost Sparks. The Republican, who'd been one of the 20, was voting present all the time. I never quite understood her. She wants to be a senator from Indiana. No way. So he's already lost one. He can't afford to lose too many more, or he won't be able to remove Omar. Now, what's the problem with Omar? Omar sits on the Foreign Affairs Committee. She hates her own country. She's a Marxist. And she's an avowed anti-Semite. And the Democrats, when they controlled the House, even the Jewish members of the Democrat Party in the House, refused to specifically name her in a resolution condemning her Jew hatred. That would never be done to any other minority that I can think of. That said... Not only should she not serve on that committee, she could have been expelled as far as I'm concerned. But the Democrat Party has no standards. That's a fact. Hakeem Jeffries is a radical leftist despite the best efforts of the media to portray him as some kind of a rational moderate. There are no rational moderates in the Democrat Party. You see this jerk from West Virginia? What's his name? Manchin? Going over to Davos, the guy has spent a fortune on food. A fortune on meals, your tax dollars. Now, just thinking maybe he'll run for president. Run for president, he should be running from the president. The guy is it's a joke, he's a disaster. He doesn't represent his state. He doesn't fight for the coal miners in West Virginia. He doesn't fight for the oil workers in West Virginia. He doesn't fight for the blue-collar and union workers in the private sector in West Virginia. But he will support bills that somehow manage to have language with millions and millions of dollars going toward groups his wife is associated with. I'm not saying she's making money from it. I'm saying he's funding these groups. That's why they love these massive omnibus bills, don't you know? We don't need him in the presidency any more than we need Biden in the presidency. I think the Democrats are up to no good. 
I think regardless of who they nominate, but especially if they nominate Biden, they will push a third-party candidate. I heard Brett Baer question whether that's possible. He's on to something. I believe they will. They'll try and run some kind of phony independent like a mansion to protect their, their right to try and draw some of these women out of the suburbs and try and elect a minority president. That is, I don't mean minority by skin, but I mean by a minority number. The only guy who ever overcame that in a big way was Ronald Reagan. When they threw John Anderson in there on the left, a congressman from Illinois who drew some votes, that's for sure. But Reagan's electoral landslide was so powerful. It was so unparalleled. It was so historic that he beat John Anderson and Jimmy Carter combined. And it wasn't even close. And he won over 500 electoral college votes. Maybe it was like 528. It was enormous. Do you know of any rhino who's ever done that? You might say Nixon. That's true. He won big against McCarthy. Excuse me, against McGovern. But that's because in many ways McGovern was so lousy. And that was the second term. In the first, in the first election, he had to deal with George Wallace, Hubert Humphrey. I think I have these right. Anyway, enough said. We need a solid conservative. We don't need these rhino liberal Republicans. By the way, Christie, Hogan, Sununu, what's the other one? Can't remember. My God, you never want to go to a a corral buffet or any kind of a smorgasbord with those three guys. Never. You'll never see them move so fast. The only time you'll see them move faster than when they're running for the uh, the spare ribs and, uh, and the dessert tray is when, uh, is when there's a camera in their face. That's right. All right, enough of this. All right, Mr. Producer. Mitch Daniels. Many of you have not heard of him, but he's well-known in Washington and Indiana. Mitch Daniels spent virtually his entire life in government, and I include as the president, what is it, a Purdue, something like that. And he wants to get back into politics, wants to run for the Senate. Who do you think's behind this? I'll bet you a fortune, Mitch McConnell. Now, Mitch Daniels is 73 years old, but he's a young guy compared to McConnell and Biden and this one and that one. They want to run him for the Senate. Washington Post is all excited about it, as you might imagine. So they want to run Mitch... Daniels, because you see, he's the only candidate who could win in Republican Indiana. Not Jim Banks. Is that what's going on, America? No, that's not what's going on, America. Mitch McConnell does not want conservatives in the United States Senate. He wants yes boys and yes girls. That's what he wants. 
He wants another one like Todd Young. Whoever the hell he is and whatever the hell he does. No. And you can't have a flake like Sparks. Too bad. But she's turned into a flake in my humble opinion. Jim Banks is a traditional conservative who do a hell of a job, in my humble opinion. He's done it in the House. He's done it in the House. So, of course, they want this guy, Mitch Daniels, who used to be the right-hand man to Richard Lugar. Everyone called him Lugar until it became Lugar. And Richard Lugar, for all his years in the Senate was a moderate rhino, too. But he was buddies with a guy named McConnell who's been there forever. I remember when McConnell was a senator, Mr. Producer. He didn't have that massive flabby neck that he has now. Now, you know that's true. Uh, You noticed it, as I have. By the way, this this, is a Pelosi. Mr. Producer, open your microphone, would you please? You can't hear. You're a practicing Catholic, correct? You swear that you are? He swears he is. But not to God, of course. That would be a bad thing. And I asked him, what is this exorcism of her house? What did you say to me? That she's nuts. Now, this is a woman who supports abortion on demand. In fact, supports infanticide and supports your taxes going toward it. And she has priests coming into her home conducting exorcisms because her husband was brutally attacked and it was meant for her? Can you imagine what the corrupt Democrat Party, low IQ media would do with that if it were a Republican of any sort? McCarthy, Trump, DeSantis. Can you imagine what they would do with that? Can you imagine what they'd be saying over there at MSLSD and the Constipated News Network? They'd have to rub that constipated look right off Andrea Mitchell's face. Oh, it'd be unbelievable what they'd be saying, would it not, ladies and gentlemen? Here you got a guy, Mike Pence, who is a faithful Christian, an evangelical Christian, and they mock the guy for his faith. But there's Nancy... Eva Pelosi, San Francisco, brings priests in to do exorcisms in her house. How freaky is that? And of course, the Washington Compost and the New York Slimes are all but silent about it. She's always been an unhinged, obsessed nut, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) that's my imitation of her always she's a radical leftist she's represented the democrat party in san francisco what do you expect she uh, learned at the side of this guy burton who was a radical kook leftist but then she brings in priests to do exorcism in her house to keep the bad spirits away Unbelievable. What else do we know about her? Not a lot, do we? We need to see their tax returns. Paul and Nancy Pelosi's tax returns. I mean, there's a legislative purpose, as you can understand. Last six years to see if there was any 
hanky-panky with the stock market while they were making a fortune while she was in charge of what bills would go to the floor of the House. Questions have been asked in the past, certainly not by the New York Slimes and the Washington Compost. They have no interest in that. But we need those tax returns. Who the hell's the head of the uh, Ways and Means Committee? We're going to have to figure that out. We'll have to wake that guy up, whoever, gal, whoever it is. I'm sure Mitch McConnell will want to get to the bottom of that, ladies and gentlemen. No, he's afraid that he'll have to release his tax returns. Six years. And how his in-laws have made a fortune from the... This is the thing that's driving me nuts. His in-laws have made a fortune. And he's made a fortune as a result of them. With the Communist Party of China on freight. Freight. F-R-E-I-G-H-T. Freight. You have Nancy, you have, excuse me, uh, Diane Feinstein who's bumping off the walls now at the Capitol building. Uh, her family, her husband, Haas, made a fortune doing business in communist China. Fortune. You have Joe Biden, who's got mansions and a classic Corvette and millions. On a senator and vice president's salary. He's made money off the communist Chinese too. An enormous amount. Enormous. You've got Swalwell who was sleeping with a communist Chinese spy. Man's not even embarrassed. Have you noticed that? He's not even embarrassed. In the old days he would have been expelled from the House of Representatives by the Democrats. By the Democrats. The, the long nails the communist Chinese have in our elected branches of government is enormous. It's unbelievable. Into the Oval Office. Into the former Speaker's office. Into the Republican leader's office. It's incredible what they've been able to do. And of course, our media. You look at Bloomberg... Other phony media organizations, they've also benefited greatly. Their owners certainly have. Look at the NBA. Look at Apple. Look at Nike. Incredible what the Chinese have been able to buy. Mark Levin. Folks, I have a challenge for you today. Become a better educated American citizen. Now look, I know you're part of the most informed audience in radio. After all, you listen to my show. But you can always learn more. And to help you do just that, my good friends at Hillsdale College have their amazing free online course available for all who wish to learn. My challenge to you, take just one of their fantastic courses. There are so many to choose from. You can discover the beauty of the Bible in the Genesis story, study the writings of C.S. Lewis, or explore the true meaning of America in Constitution 101. There are dozens more to choose from. And all those self-paced, free courses feature Hillsdale faculty and scholars. So visit levinforhillsdale.com and pick one of the more than 30 free Hillsdale courses. I hope you'll accept my challenge, pick whichever course you like, and become a more educated citizen today. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, and start your free course right away.
The Great One makes your weekend even better. This is the best of Mark Levin. This is how big media platforms work. Newsmax was dropped by DirecTV. Dropped by DirecTV. Now, why were they dropped? I don't care what mumbo-jumbo DirecTV says, but they dropped them, which means what? You should drop DirecTV. They also dropped One American News. Remember that back in April? So they dropped One American News, and they dropped Newsmax. This is very troubling because of... uh, Censorship by by these uh, big corporatists. We saw it on Twitter before Elon Musk took it over, a hero. We've seen it on Facebook. We've seen it on virtually every major news platform. Every industry that's supposed to be supporting free speech. It's too much just to have a handful, you see, of of conservative cable networks. We can't do that. Can't put up with that. So DirecTV, if you have DirecTV, cancel it. There are other satellite services, and there's other Internet services, and, of course, there's other cable services, but drop them. Um. DirecTV carried a number of left-leaning networks, including Vice, Vice, AT&T is considering dropping Newsmax. This is why when we look for sponsors on this program, I always look for entrepreneurs and startups and others who chip away at these behemoths, who chip away at them. So Newsmax points out, now I'm on Fox, but I don't care. I want Newsmax to thrive. I want uh, OAN to thrive. I want them to thrive. Anyone, including our customers, can watch the network for free via NewsmaxTV.com, YouTube.com, and on multiple streaming platforms like Amazon Fire TV, Roku, and Google Play. But... As Chris Ruddy says, CEO of Newsmax Media, there's a blatant act of political discrimination and censorship against Newsmax, and he's 100% right. The most extreme liberal channels, even with tiny ratings, get fees from AT&T, DirecTV, but Newsmax and OAN needed to be deplatformed. And deplatformed, that's sort of a passive word, isn't it? Censored is a better word. Censored. Really quite incredible and disgusting and more evidence of the growing tyranny in this country, in my view. Want more evidence? California Democrats consider a wealth tax, including for people who moved out of the state. Fox points out several Democrat-led states introduced similar measures in effort to tax the rich even more. Have you noticed these, these Democrat tyrannical states are working together? They're working very closely together. 
so you can't escape. That's why they, they try to nationalize California's policies. So no matter where you go, you're smothered with them. California lawmakers are pushing legislation that would impose a new tax on the state's wealthiest residents, even if they're already moved to another part of the country. How are they going to do this? What are they going to do? Assembly Alec, Assemblyman Alex Lee, a progressive Democrat, it says here, last week introduced a bill in the California State Legislature that would impose an extra annual 1.5% on those with a worldwide net worth above $1 billion starting as early as January 2024. And it goes higher from there. Worldwide wealth extends beyond annual income to include diverse holdings such as farm assets, arts, and other collectibles, stocks, and hedge fund interest. Legislation is a modified version of a wealth tax approved in California Assembly in 2020. Although they declined to pass it back then, here it is again. The Democrat Party is a party of tyranny. Whether it's their activities with the teachers' unions, whether it's activities with Antifa, whether it's defense of the lawless, criminally violent individuals in our society, that's what it is. Now, Joe Biden made a decision today that I'm sure will be excoriated by the, the pacifists in the Republican Party, the pseudo-conservatives who now are pushing some other ideology, which they can't even define. For some reason, they all rally around Putin and Russia, and then when you point it out, they say they're not, they're just against us helping Ukraine. And no matter what you tell them, no matter what facts you provide, it doesn't matter. I tell them, read what Putin wrote about 18 months ago, or was written for him, thousands of words long, an essay. Who He made it abundantly clear they're going to cut right through Ukraine and head into Eastern Europe. That would have been a massive world war with nuclear potential. But they act like it never happened. Well, you remind them, in 1994, the United States, Britain, and Russia signed a pact to protect Ukraine's sovereignty and its borders as existed then in exchange for them surrendering their nuclear missiles to Russia. Because remember, Ukraine was a conquered part of the Soviet Union. So they gave them their nuclear missiles in exchange for protection. Now, if they had nuclear missiles today, Putin wouldn't have invaded them, would he? But they gave him up on our say-so and the say-so of others. And then thirdly, communist China is watching all this, watching how we respond. The Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran, same thing. They dare not do any of this when Trump was president. Just like Iran couldn't wait more than two seconds to give our hostages back when Reagan was elected president. But Biden... Even before what happened in Afghanistan, that disgrace, that surrender, that disaster, they already took his measure. If we weren't helping Ukraine today, what would Ukraine look like? Look like a massive slave colony. Where would the Russians be now? That they weren't already in Eastern Europe, our NATO allies. 
They'd be piling up weaponry right now, tanks and the rest. They would have saved up for Poland in particular, but other countries as well. The Baltic states, Romania, they all know it, which is why they're so motivated to try help Ukraine. Ukraine's people are dying. And they won't surrender. They're fighting. They're fighting for their lives. They're fighting for their homes. They're fighting for their liberty. They're fighting. There have been many examples where we've given support, armaments, to people who won't fight. These people are fighting. They're asking for more armaments. They're not asking for any personnel. They're fighting. Meanwhile, on the Russian side, they have to empty their prisons. Now they're going to, uh, they're using druggies, emptying their hospitals with people who are all doped up, sending them to the front line as fodder. They brought in the Wagner Group, which is a group of neo-Nazi type, ISIS type individuals who, who rape and pillage and murder for money. And Ukraine didn't start this, minding their own business. I hear people say, well, you know, look at all the corruption. Yeah, look at our corruption. But yeah, he's trying to clean it out. He's in the middle of the war. There was tons of corruption during our Civil War. That's why Lincoln and the Republicans passed what's called key time laws, which allowed citizens to bring federal suits where they saw waste, fraud, and abuse taking place during the course of the Civil War. Putting that aside... The argument isn't that we shouldn't spend our money wisely either. Of course we should. And there are three inspectors general now in charge. And we ought to track our money. We ought to do the very best we can. You know, we shouldn't spend it like COVID and money for the teachers unions who blow it all and other stuff. I'm just saying. Nobody disagrees with that. Nobody. And of course, we won't protect our border. We weren't protecting our border under Biden before the Russians invaded Ukraine. What makes anybody think that if we just sat back and Russia cut through Ukraine and moved into Poland and all the rest, that our border would be secure? That's an inane argument. But it gets people's emotions going, you see. And if Putin and the Russians had cut through Ukraine and invaded Poland, your kids would be in a draft right now. And the likelihood of nuclear war would be much worse. And then it's it's a question of when we do decide to draw the line. I'm not a libertarian. I'm not a pacifist. I believe in prudence when you look at these situations. Each one needs to be looked at individually. But surrender, pacifism, isolationism those aren't always the answers either China's building up for a reason China's preparing for war while we have people in our own party so called pseudo conservatives who are calling us warmongers calling us provocateurs communist China no matter how you measure it economically, geopolitically, militarily They're preparing for war, a war they feel they can win. 
And I'm worried about it. I'm very worried about it. Because they don't have morality. They don't have compassion for their people. They don't care. They don't care. And I heard Mike Pompeo say something that makes a lot of sense to me. The only way you'll get peace in Ukraine if the cost for the Russians is just too high, particularly for Putin. Otherwise, there's nothing to stop them. And so you're going to hear and probably have all day long guys who claim to be Reaganites and are not Reaganites. We all know what Reagan would do. He'd do exactly what needs to be done to stop the Russians. That's how he defeated the Soviets, starting in Afghanistan. Then in Angola, Nicaragua, Eastern Europe. Was he a warmonger? And just because you don't agree with pacifism and unilateral effectively disarmament doesn't mean you're Lindsey Graham or neocon or warmonger. And we do have some history to look at, America. We've gone through periods like this before. World War II. Prior to World War II, the arguments you hear today from the Putin wing of the Republican Party are exactly the arguments that took place when Tojo, Mussolini, and Hitler began rolling through parts of the globe. Even when they rolled into parts of Europe, even when England was drawn into the war, you heard the same arguments. It's not our problem. We're just going to provoke them. And then they attack us. The Axis attacks us, Pearl Harbor. And Germany declares war on us, and Italy, and we declare war on them. And we're in a hole. We haven't prepared for war. We listen to the pacifists, both in the Democrat and the Republican Party. And oddly enough, among those who led at Lindbergh, they called themselves American Firsters. Oddly enough. And when we were attacked in Pearl Harbor, they realized they'd made a disastrous mistake. That we weren't provoking them. This was their plan all along. China has a plan, no matter what we do. Putin had a plan, no matter what we did. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. And so it's important that the Ukrainians get the weaponry they need to push the Russians back, to make it even more painful for them if you really believe in peace there, if you really want to bring them to the peace table, because otherwise it's not going to happen. It's just not. People say forever wars 
This is a war that's almost a year old. That's not a forever war. It's also a war in which we don't have any personnel on the ground or in the air. The problem with Biden is he took too long. This thing is dragged out. Too many people have been slaughtered. It's also the problem with Biden when it comes to Taiwan. He's slow walking weaponry to Taiwan. And as I've said many times, once China attacks Taiwan, and they will, it's too late because it'll be harder to arm Taiwan than Ukraine because they'll surround that island and we won't be able to penetrate it. Mark Levin. We're giving you nothing but the best, the best of Mark Levin. Today's one of those days, ladies and gentlemen, where we go to constitutional class, where we go to law school together on a couple of areas. Declassification and also contempt. What do you do if you're Republicans in the House? And you seek to hold somebody in contempt because they will not cooperate. And that person might be the Attorney General of the United States who has the power to determine whether a U.S. attorney will prosecute or not. Interesting question, isn't it, ladies and gentlemen? And I try to make this very compelling to you, so uh, you will not hear much repetition from prior shows or prior days from other shows. We've been right about, I think, everything. The National Guard, National Guard, the National Archives is now telling the former presidents and vice presidents, what are they telling them to do, Mr. Producer? What I've been saying, they've told them now, you need to do searches, fresh searches of your homes, of your offices, of your libraries and so forth. Because you have an ongoing obligation, and we want to make sure you didn't keep some documents behind. I mean, I said the question that needs to be asked is not what happened on the day that they left and the archives collected this, that, or the other, but have you looked for any classified documents lately? Because in the case of Biden and in the case of Pence, they both had said they didn't have them, and yet... When somebody started to look, they did have them. But we'll get into that later, the National Archives. Another issue where USA Today, in my view, was lying, and other media outlets are lying, and people are regurgitating what they, what they say, is that a president and a vice president stand in the same position when it comes to declassification. I've been getting this question over and over again, especially since a phony USA Today article appeared. Now, I want you to stick with me. And I want to give kudos to James Freeman of the Wall Street Journal. James Freeman. I've known his parents for 40 years. It's not that I'm in touch with them all the time. For 40 years, the first position I held in the Reagan administration, I went into a building. I was 22, 23 years old. And there was James' father, Neil. I'm assuming it's the same family. And he's got it exactly right. And he says a 
popular media defense of the president collapses. He's completely naked, they say. One nice thing about being President Joe Biden is that sometimes media outlets will make arguments on your behalf that you're not even willing to attempt on your own. Witness journalists responding to the news of government secrets casually strewn around Biden's property. Some have been suggesting Biden received significant authority over classified documents while serving as vice president during the Obama administration. There are many reasons why Mr. Biden doesn't seem to find this argument as compelling as his friends in the media do. Now, the latest discoveries at his Delaware home seem to confirm that the argument is irrelevant. They also suggest a much greater legal danger for this president. The discovery of classified records from Mr. Biden's time in the Senate means he cannot claim the protection of an Obama order, the Presidential Records Act, or any other type of executive privilege. One can understand why media folk did not want to concede the possibility that Donald Trump might have a greater claim to the documents at Mar-a-Lago than Joe Biden does to the documents found in his private office, home, and garage. And by the way, has anyone looked under the seats of the Amtrak Northeast Regional? Last week, this column noted, it makes sense that Mr. Biden and his lawyers are not trying to claim that as a former vice president, he enjoyed some authority to keep such documents. It is the president. Now, I've been saying this for months since August. It is the president not the vice president, who holds all the constitutional authority as commander-in-chief and therefore authority over the classification system for national security secrets. Presumably, if either President Obama or President Trump had ordered the documents to be stored in various Biden locales, this fact would have come to light by now. Moreover, the vice president is explicitly expected from the section of the Presidential Records Act entitled Constitutionally Based Privileged Against Disclosure. Former presidents are thus empowered to contest the determination of the National Archives in a way that former vice presidents are not. And that's exactly what Donald Trump was doing when they tried to set him up with obstruction. And I've said it over and over and over again to the point where many of you are probably tired of it, but I have to get it out. In short, Mr. Biden has no argument to make, and he's not making one. Rather, he's claiming to have been left completely in the dark about how classified documents from secure government facilities ended up in his office, his home, and his garage. Since then, PolitiFact has joined in the course touting Mr. Biden's vice presidential privileges. Did Biden have the power to declassify documents while he was vice president? They say the short answer is yes. Another, another group of flat-out liars. The official documents that govern classification and declassification are from presidential executive orders, and in 2009, Obama issued Executive Order 13526, the Classified National Security Information. Section 1-3 of that order gives the president and vice president original classification authority, which means authority to initiate classifying information. Readers are bound to stumble on that last sentence for a few reasons. The president already held, <coughs> excuse me, robust constitutional authority, and he didn't need to issue an executive order authorizing himself to exercise power over the classification system. The passage also may seem to suggest the vice president was given the same authority as the president. But, of course, the United States government 
has a unitary executive, not a binary one. One executive, the president. That's it. And reading the Obama executive order, one finds that Mr. Biden was given the same authority over classified documents as various other senior government officials, not some special Obama bequeathed superpower. In other words, he's to be treated as no bigger than or better than than a cabinet secretary. Also, I've been saying for months. PolitiFact, by the way, is some left-wing operation. And it continues its story of the Obama executive order. Section 3.1 says information shall be declassified or downgraded by, among others, the official who authorized the original classification if that official is still serving in the same position that has original classification authority. This means that because Biden had original classification authority as vice president, he also had authority to declassify information that he had classified in the first place. Exactly what I said. That's not classification or declassification at will. At will. We don't know who initiated the classifications on the documents found in Biden's home and office. But we do know that vice presidents are usually consumers, not producers, of classified reports. And therefore, it's highly unlikely he had the authority to declassify all the material found in his various private spaces. If the documents contain information on military capabilities or methods and sources of intelligence, does anyone think that Mr. Biden was in the field collecting and then classifying such secrets? And if he actually did have the authority to declassify all these documents and he followed the declassification process dictated by the Obama rules, there would be nothing to investigate. And speaking of the 2009 executive order, it seems that just like Biden, Mike Pence also doesn't seem to think he was imbued with vice presidential superpowers by Barack Obama. And I would add these vice presidential superpowers, as I said repeatedly, including yesterday, president does not have the authority to delegate core constitutional powers to anybody. For instance, as I said, he can't say, you know what, I'm tired of being commander-in-chief. I delegate those powers to the Secretary of Agriculture. Or, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of busy here uh, dealing with the uh, economy and the environment. Uh, for now on, the Attorney General will make the nominations to the Supreme Court. Can't do that either. Can't do that either. This brings us to the latest Biden revolution, he's, uh, revelation, he says. The journal's Andrew Restuccia reports that Mr. Biden's personal lawyer, Bob Bauer, announced that a Justice Department search of the president's home in Wilmington prompted authorities to take possession of six additional items with classified markings. Well, the initial classified documents appear to be from Biden's time as vice president. Mr. Bauer said last Saturday that the latest items collected by federal agents included items from Mr. Mr. Biden's tenure in the Senate, which, of course, doesn't affect any of the executive uh, protections and privileges. And in fact, I would say, what are they waiting for? They need to get to the University of Delaware and get their hands on those documents. Time to clarify who exactly is expected to follow the law and protect America's secrets. So James Freeman, 
is, to my knowledge, the single writer, whether opinion writer or journalist, to understand this. You've understood it for, what is it now, Mr. Producer, six or seven months? You've understood it since last summer. You've understood it since I went on first Hannity show, my own Sunday show. Maybe it was even July. And explained this in exquisite detail. The media are filled with frauds. Now, and so are these legal analysts and the phony professors. Next subject. James Comer has said on numerous programs that the Department of Justice is not forthcoming, that the White House is not forthcoming, that the National Archives will not produce information and missed its deadlines. Make no mistake, this is an investigation of the executive branch. This is an investigation of the Biden administration. This is an investigation of a corrupt FBI, a corrupt DOJ, a corrupt National Archives, and a corrupt president. Now, what if you do if these corrupt entities circle the wagons and say, sorry, we have an investigative exception here, and we have executive privilege, we, uh, we're busy, we'll try and work with you, but blah, blah, blah. What do you do when they're covering up? 